Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is my co-host Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we're talking about Cocaine Bear. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on The bear, it fucking did cocaine. A bear did cocaine. This is an American black comedy slasher. Directed by Elizabeth Banks. The cast includes esteemed character actress Margot Martindale. Uh, this guy. Here's what you need to know before you see Cocaine Bear. Nothing. You don't need to read a comic book from 1978. The bear wasn't introduced at the end of the Eternals. If you've ever heard the words cocaine or bear before, you're completely up to speed. Han Solo, not quite Ice Cube, good fella, Henry Hill, Judge Lomax, Mitchell Pritchett, Tormund Giantsbane, and Damon from Sharp Objects. I watched this movie in a regal cinema on basically the release day, the Friday that it came out. Uh, Joey, how did you see it? Exactly the same way, but in a different regal cinema um, <laughs> near me instead of near you. How was the crowd um, at your showing? It was, there was more people there than there was to see Puss in Boots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I like, three impressive. people? <laughs> I uh, I was there with like four other men who were there by themselves. Also, <laughs> I always wonder like when I go at a weird time, like how many of these other people also have podcasts that they're trying to. <laughs> I mean, in my in my case, it very well could have been all four of the other guys. I mean, none of us were at our jobs at eleven right, thirty right. a.m. on a Friday. So I mean, what what do you call a group of white guys that go to the movies? At the same <laughs> Yes, yeah, like, you day. call that a podcast. That is That's correct. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, before we start talking about this film, we're going to recap the events in the synopsis that was written by Joey. Joey, go ahead. A man is tossing bags of cocaine out of a plane. He was planning on jumping out himself and leaving it to crash, but he hits his head and then hits the ground. He's discovered by a police department in Tennessee who link him back to a notorious drug kingpin named Sid White. Sid is watching his grandson because his daughter-in-law just succumbed to cancer. Her husband, Sid's son, is completely distraught. But Sid needs to recover that cocaine. He sends his son, Eddie, off with David, another member of the drug operation, to round it up and bring it back. But the cocaine has already been found. By a bear! When we first meet our titular hero, she is banging her head against a tree. Some nearby hikers spot her and try to run, but Cocaine Bear chases them down and mauls the woman viciously. Meanwhile, in the Kentucky foothills, a single mom named Sari and her daughter Dee Dee are talking about their upcoming plans. Sari is very busy and Dee Dee is very sassy. Dee Dee wants to do something called Paint the Waterfall. Sari wants to go to Nashville with her new boyfriend. The next day, Dee Dee and her friend Henry skip school and travel into the woods. They soon discover a loose bag of cocaine. The middle schoolers decide to eat it, which goes poorly. Pretty soon after, Cocaine Bear arrives, scaring Henry up a tree and dragging Dee Dee off to her lair. The park is being watched over by Ranger Liz, played by Margot Martindale. 
She is dolling herself up for her rendezvous with the park animal expert, Peter. But before they can set out on a romantic park inspection, Sari shows up looking for her damn kid. The trio venture into the woods and find Henry still in a tree. He tries to warn them about the bear, but it's too late. Cocaine Bear appears again, like a bear-shaped demon. It tosses Ranger Liz around, literally mauling her ass. Liz tries to shoot the bear, but mostly just shoots at Peter. Peter climbs a neighboring tree, but the bear follows, ripping him to shreds. Sari and Henry escape, and Ranger Liz runs back to her cabin to call for help. But wait, when she gets there, she runs into Duchamps, a trio of youths that are a thorn in Liz's side. They've looked better. The Duchamps were beat up handily by David when he arrived at the park. The Duchamps have a stash of found cocaine near a gazebo. Eddie and David forced one of the boys to lead them there. So when Liz shows up, there are only two Duchamps. She enlists them to help fight the bear, but accidentally shoots one in the head. Cocaine Bear rips the other Duchamp to pieces. An ambulance shows up with two paramedics, but when they discover the carnage inside the cabin, they grab Liz and try to run. The bear chases down the ambulance and kills everyone inside. David, Eddie, and the remaining Duchamp all make it to the gazebo, but the detective from Tennessee is already there. They have an awkward standoff until the bear shows up. Cocaine Bear lays down on top of Eddie, then wakes up and tries to have sex with him. The detective uses the stashed cocaine to distract the bear, but before he can move, he is shot in the gut. It wasn't David who pulled the trigger, though. Sid White finally arrives in the forest. He demands they push onward to find as much of the powdery stuff as they can. Sari and Henry follow a trail of paint to Cocaine Bear's cave. Inside are two cubs covered in white powder and Dee Dee. But soon, the drug guys show up and the mom and kids run out the back. On the ledge behind a waterfall, there is a sort of standoff. Sid demands to have more cocaine. Sari wants to go home and the bear also wants cocaine. Eddie, David, Sari, Henry, and Dee Dee all jump into the water while Sid stays back and is eventually killed by the family of bears. Everyone who is still alive goes home and has a better life, and Cocaine Bear and her cocaine cubs still wander the forest attacking people on sight. The end. There you have it, the events of Cocaine Bear, the highly anticipated film that Joey and I just had to make it a priority to go see as soon as it came out. So we'll begin our analysis with our pros and cons. Joey, what did you like about Cocaine Bear? Um, As far as I know, no real bears were harmed in the making of this movie. That's, uh, you'll put that in the check column. Pros, great. Um, Margot Martindale is in this movie. And I like (laughs) that the uh, bear was a mom bear. (laughs) What about you? What did you like about this movie? There were some gruesome sequences that I thought were funny and shocking, uh, memorable even. Uh, this movie at times was bravely wacky. Some the kind of so there was stuff in this movie. I was like, "Wow, I can't believe I'm seeing this in a movie uh, in the theater." <laughs> um, <laughs> and then finally, had a short runtime. I didn't have to spend that much time watching this movie, so which is a good thing. So uh, those are our pros move on to our cons joey what did you not like about cocaine bear i i mean this is maybe a matter of opinion but i thought the bear looked awful i thought it was some of the worst cgi i've seen in a modern movie um i hated every character without exception um (laughs) it felt cheap disconnected and pointless and for some reason i really couldn't deal with the gore in this movie what about you 
yeah, the the characters are terribly written. It, this movie tries to uh, win emotional points that it absolutely did not earn. The special effects, I agree with you, are, were not good. Um, I, I would go with questionable. Uh, okay. The bear looked fine, I guess, but I was kind of hoping to go into this movie and be like, wow, that bear really looked real. And that it fell well short of that, uh, as well as some of the, the like, dismemberment and gore that also didn't look real looked cartoonish and then also there's no intelligible message with this movie even though it seems like it's trying to uh you know it's like it'd be one thing for it to completely not have anything to say but it seems like it's trying to say something but is doing a really 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 bad job well before yeah before we like really get started here i just like want to harp on that last bit because it actually shows psas from drug things from like the 80s right but this movie isn't, I don't know when time it's time frame it's supposed to be set in. There's no real, like, uh, indication. I guess they don't have cell phones because they don't really use them, right? There is a payphone scene. So maybe it is set in the 80s. It when is. This, uh, it's supposed to be in, like, 1985. Right. So those, so those PSAs, fr- like, are from the 80s. But they're like, f- they're, like, famously cringe at this point, right? Like, there's something that people make fun of uh, today for being, like, part of the war on drug the failed war on drugs in which drugs won almost every battle um <laughs> this is like i don't know it's weird to like include them and like but it's supposed to be like ironic but not ironic like I don't, I don't really know where this movie stands on drug use which is sort of a weird place to end on a movie that's like got cocaine in the title yes i totally <laughs> agree with that anyway um honestly i feel stupid uh, I know this movie was going to be bad. I knew this was going to be dumb and weird in unexpected ways. And yet, when I sat down in the theater to see this movie, I was still hopeful. I wanted to believe this movie had something of value in it. I wanted to believe that it would be fun and not take itself too seriously. Uh, what we got instead was a series of cliches and inconsistencies. A story with so many characters, it seems like I'm making half of them up. And some of the worst looking bear CGI I've ever seen. I mean, seriously, if I think I've got to an event like used to it eventually, but I was surprised how bad the the bear looked. I read in a profile in Variety about um, Elizabeth Banks, the director, uh, that Weta FX, the same studio that did the CGI for Avatar: The Way of Water, did the bear in this movie. Um, And also, it wasn't cheap. Thirty million dollars to produce this film, and you know, none of that was going to the actors. Um, I think I think it's the five different storylines that are somehow supposed to connect for me. Obviously, if you have something as high concept as a bear that does cocaine, you need some sort of human element, right? You need characters, you need character moments, you need dialogue and tension. What you don't need is a scene of middle schoolers eating cocaine. I mean, really? Is this where we're going? Okay, I don't want to sound <laughs> prudish, but I don't really think preteens doing hard drugs is funny. It's a choice for sure. And maybe one of the better written and acted parts of the movie. But I guess I just don't understand the point. Nor is the fallout from children doing drugs impactful in any satisfying way. Henry gets hungry and then he starts talking fast. Um, But maybe that's just because he's walking in the woods for hours and he's also a child. Like none of these things are typical. There's no like, oh, Henry's like, oh, you got to get some more cocaine. You know, he's he's not like freaking out about how much cocaine he's just done. There's nothing like about him that makes him seem like a cocaine addict or anything. It's just like a kid who uh, at one point put a bunch of cocaine in his mouth. Right. I, 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 
I maybe it's just because I'm unfamiliar with like the act of doing cocaine, but I wasn't even sure if the cocaine had any effect on him. It seemed yeah. like they kind of just spit it out and it was like, haha, we got you. Like the movie is like mocking us, the audience. Like you thought we were going to make you watch kids do cocaine, but instead it was like kids don't know how to do cocaine. I'm pretty sure you can rub cocaine against your gums. So I'm pretty sure like, you can swallow it and it will have some effect. Especially in large quantities. Right, right. But I didn't see them swallow it. It looked like they spit it out immediately sure. and it tasted bad. So I wasn't sure if the movie was trying to be like, haha, you thought, or if the movie was like, you did just see kids do cocaine and then that's the whole thing. Because it's like, haha, they did cocaine. Like, no effect on them or anything, but you just saw kids ingest cocaine, which the movie sees as like valuable in itself. Yeah, but like, what am I supposed to be learning about this? Like, what, what, what is there a taboo being broken here? Like, <laughs> that ch- the children are doing cocaine? Or like, is this a thing that like, you know, is, is this so shocking, I guess, that I'm supposed to be like, oh, wow, I can't believe they went there. I was thinking that, but I was like, uh, I, there's nothing else in this movie that like made me feel that way, honestly. I, I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe they made kids do cocaine. Right. But I wasn't like, oh, wow, like, uh, this is like, you know, um, this is bad for the kids or like, oh, like this is funny how the kids like are acting, you know, or like, oh, this is um, uh, this is a like a, a dangerous precedent or anything. I just felt like it was just a strange choice for you to be like, oh, remember that crazy moment where they fed kids cocaine in this movie? Yes. That cocaine bear movie. That's all I, I know that it is. It's that's the same all I thing. know it is. That's the same thing is when the kids say shit and fuck. It's like, right. whoa. Oh, this they're not supposed to do that. Yeah, they, Cocaine's for adults. Kids can't say that, you know? And that's that's the extent of it. I, I genuinely think that's all there is to it. I, you know, I think uh, there's there's something to be said about not reading into something. So. Um, <laughs> Which is not a defense of it, of, uh, no. to be clear. <laughs> I just am I'm certain there's no subtext or additional commentary coming from that. They're just saying, look at these kids do cocaine. Isn't this absurd? Right. So the movie has plenty of like creative cutaways and unique set pieces, but ultimately nearly the entire thing takes place in the woods, which is the opposite of showing any production value. Um, this is a famous like B movie uh, like um, uh, production uh, trope. If you're making like a terrible movie, you can shoot a lot of it in the woods and um, because the woods are free and they always look the same no matter where you are. So like um it doesn't matter you can just literally be anywhere say you are you are anywhere and you can have anything happen because you don't have to have like a building or um you know extras or worry about like getting permits or anything you just literally walk into the woods with your camera and your actors and then that's all you need to do so anyway um it also abuses its monster heavily the titular cocaine bear has no rules. She is insatiably hungry, apparently able to traverse great distances instantaneously, is never in danger of being hurt, and is always rolling nat 20s on her athletics checks. This bear is on the roof. Now it's coming down the chimney. No, wait, it's right behind you. Ah! All of this is all of this setup <laughs> and character building are for naught because there is nothing to learn about a bear that does cocaine. No moral lesson for the righteous. No patterns to realize. No traps set. No plans laid. The bear is just a force of nature something to be avoided it survived until now and it will survive forever 
Right. There, there's no like commentary on what like the bear's choices or even like a consistent way of being for the bear. Early on, we saw the bear maul that woman who is hiking out there and then it's like covered in blood and looks ferocious. But then it's like, oh, a butterfly. Let me like go chase the butterfly. <laughs> and it's like, that's this is funny. This bear is kind of on a rampage, but also on drugs and like having a good time. Like, how will that pan out? But it's like, no, right. actually, it's just going to kill everyone everybody and nobody is really going to be able to fight back in any way you know it ended up not delivering on any sort of characterization for the bear beyond it loves cocaine and i would argue didn't even do a good job on that exactly you know at one point the bear does snort cocaine off a guy's leg which was pretty shocking um but like there's nothing uh, yeah other it's just like the bear is like always hungry ready to eat whatever like anything that's in front of it including humans which like maybe it, it would be but like yeah, I, I, there's nothing about it that's supposed to make me feel like the bear is doing something um, with a purpose. It's just something, it's just kind of just random, you know? And which is weird because I don't think this story is should be told as a bear that is, or like as a force of nature, right? This is not a force of nature. This is a dumb animal that is unusually aggressive. A cocaine bear, the original true story, is really... A fable about the intersection between the synthetic and the natural. Powdered cocaine in massive amounts is the perfect symbol of human interference with the natural world. It is a human device used to make us even more manic and weird than we already are. A bear is the perfect symbol of nature's majesty and power. Meeting a bear in the wild is a sure way to contemplate your own mortality. They can kill you with ease. It is a reminder that humanity may have conquered the earth, but individual humans are still frail creatures, hardly the kings of the forest. Combining these two worlds result in something that usually only exists in imagination. But everyone knows bears should not do cocaine. But isn't it fun to imagine one of nature's most fierce predators compared with one of mankind's most reckless inventions? But this is not the framing of cocaine bear. Instead, it's basically just a bear. There is no contemplating about humans' effect on the environment. No lesson about messing with forces we don't fully understand. Not even fun cocaine stuff. Where is the scene of the bear running for miles without stopping? Or getting caught up in something hypnotic? Or scratching its own skin? Do bears experience withdrawals? Do bears like cocaine? I mean, there's no way to answer this question for real, but it's a silly story. Just make it up. Yeah. So frustrating. They totally... It, it feels like this movie was the idea was great like what if we did a movie where a bear does cocaine but then like the imagination stopped there and (laughs) then we just limp around with barely the an idea uh, and it doesn't get capitalized on that that's the most frustrating thing about it is that this movie feels like it has so much left on uh on the table like for instance (laughs) having david do the middle finger uh earlier in the movie like when he's confronted with the guys in the bathroom who are like putting a knife at him and he's like reaching in his pocket and he pulls out a middle finger that was great and paid off later when his finger gets shot off right and it's like that's gruesome which is what we're looking for in this movie and it's also like hilarious without needing to be any deeper than that right you're writing a script that like pay like rewards you for paying attention earlier uh, which is something that er, like doesn't take that long to realize you don't need to do in this movie but it would have been great if they did 
I think the sequence of the paramedics actually is really great. It, it, like the way that that actually kind of delivered on the promise of Cocaine Bear because they don't need any sort of special uh, background info uh, to uh, to allow us to enjoy watching them die. They use mm. a stethoscope in clever ways because they're paramedics. They would have that, right? Like you get to hear the heartbeat and it kind of uh, gets faster while we're getting closer to the reveal uh, that the bear is in the building with them. I mean, that was clever. And then having that tension be released by uh, the park ranger whispering bear into the stethoscope. And that <laughs> kicks off the adrenaline rush of the, the bear actually jumping out. And then we have those characters get chased down in an ambulance like car chase thing that yeah. was really memorable and having the park ranger die by bouncing out the back and like drag her face on the ground and having the paramedics hand like fall backwards and reveal the bone and then having the other one fly out the front i was like this is badass this is memorable and i didn't need to know anything about any of these characters for that to be the case like i i felt like that should have been basically the totality of this film but instead we got way more than we wanted for uh like talking about the individual characters uh, all over the place and, and pulling us in all these other different directions right well like i think you need one or the other right you need it, or, or 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 maybe like a combination of both right you need you need something rich that you can latch on to people that you care about and you care if they die and then you need people that are going to die to to establish the stakes of the story and to have fun with with that kind of thing right and uh, the thing that frustrated me about the paramedics thing was just that I felt like there wasn't any sort of reason I should care about them, right? And I was like, oh, like they're coming in, and they're gonna die or something. But like the what the the what's her name Beth like completely abandons the other guy, right? Just like drives off without him in the in the vehicle, um, which he eventually catches up. But it's not enough to like stop the bear from uh from from catching them. I, I don't know. I was just like I was like okay, like these people don't really care about their jobs. They're not very good at what they're doing and they're completely selfish. I just don't really know like what like are, is there some sort of moral conundrum here? You know, that's the that's the kind of thing that you normally see in slasher movies. I it's just sort of the irony of like a slasher movie, right? Is every slasher movie is a morality tale. It's a it, the the people that are innocent, you know, the the virgins, right? They survive and then the 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 sex havers, the drug doers, the, uh, the violent ones, you know, they all die some sort of ironic death, right? Um, but it's the people that are righteous that end up surviving because like uh, there's like a karmic balance at, at play here, right? And you don't necessarily need to know a lot about the killer in order for you to feel that like uh, that push and pull of this. This is so much more random. There, there's, there's nothing in here that makes me feel like, oh, the good people survive necessarily. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's sort of like that, you know, there's that uh, moment when, uh, you know, Sid is, is torn apart, which feels pretty cathartic, right? And then, but like the other drug guys, David included, who's like beating people up and shooting people at random, like he's, he, he gets away scot-free. He's like our hero. And then Eddie, who's just a crybaby, like, I don't see why I should care about him. He, you know, uh, just jumps off the cliff too. He's totally fine. Which, uh, equivalent to the children, right? The do champ, the, the one guy who, who gets away, right? He was like terrorizing the forest, right? He was like a thorn in the park ranger's side. Normally you think of park rangers as being like somewhat noble in, in terms of like, um, you know, at least the ranks of like law enforcement. Um, so like, it's weird for him to be like shown as like a sympathetic and like morally um, 
uh, inculpable character, right? Because he gets away scot-free, uh, including with some cocaine of his own. So, like, <laughs> I, I just, I don't really know what to take away from that, right? Like, is this a, a traditional slasher movie? I don't, not necessarily, right? But, like, it doesn't have any of the, like, any of the uh, necessary framework to to make it feel like it have any sort of emotional resonance. And yeah. then you could go in the other direction, what you're saying, which is like you just have a bunch of carnage over and over again, right? But even then, you need something as a through line. You need some sort of heart, right? You need something to care about. And um, maybe you could frame it as being the bear, right? I mean, this this is the thing. So Elizabeth Banks said, the director, she said that this is cocaine bear's story. It's a revenge flick, right? But revenge for what exactly? Is the bear upset that it's so high on blow? Why is it taking out all its anger on random hikers and children? You know, I mean, the first the children do cocaine and then the bear shows up and attacks and I'm like, oh my God, like, this is... <laughs> Yeah, I, was I like, guess for a second, those kids. We we're just going to see them get torn apart. I was like, dang, right. this movie has no limits. <laughs> That's right. But what about the animal guy, Peter, right? He knows and likes bears. So why, uh, why is his death so painful and drawn out? Is it because he's annoying? Annoying to whom? Uh, everyone in this movie is annoying. They all suck. <laughs> every single one of them. Maybe, maybe, maybe not the mom, but even she holds some blame for letting her kids skip school and wander to the forest. Um, I don't know. I feel like this movie could have been improved in a thousand ways. And the obvious one would be have the bear kill a bunch of people who disrespect the forest. Make it as Smokey the Bear, but the bear will eat your face type yes, thing. Yes, yes. You know? Like, oh, like all these people, like this guy was littering earlier. Oh, this guy like almost started a forest fire, right? And then somebody else did it. And then he gets killed by the bear. It's like, oh, finally, the bear gets its revenge. Oh, finally, the humans took all, were, were taking and taking and taking from its environment. And now uh, we're finally getting something uh, on the other side. You know, finally, the the scales of justice have been uh, have been put into balance through the um, the uh, hubris of humanity, uh, letting cocaine get into the wild and letting one of its ferocious, most ferocious predators uh, loose to uh, to enact its revenge and uh, anger upon all of uh, all of the things that have ever wronged it. <sighs> okay, um, I don't know why it is, but I did not like the violence in this movie. Uh, I mean, I have to watch it again in order to tell you exactly why. For some reason, it felt more gruesome and disgusting than any other movie that I've seen like this. I like blood and gore. I like saying, <laughs> every time something <laughs> gross happens. I, I, sometimes I, you know, I look away, but usually I'm, I'm impressed with the kind of stuff that you see on screen. Um, for some reason, the violence in Cocaine Bear was just visceral and disturbing. Uh, I felt sick watching it, and it felt unnecessary and unsettling. We, we, we just watched uh, Bullet Train with Brad Pitt together. Yes. That movie was pretty violent, um, but I, I don't know. It felt tonally consistent. It felt like it added something to the movie that it possibly wouldn't have been there before. The movie's very colorful, and the blood sort of adds to that color. But this one, it, it did not feel like it was a style, like it felt like a stylistic choice, but it didn't feel totally consistent for whatever reason. It just, it, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why that was. Do you have any, any sense on like what the difference was between this and something else? To me, it, I agree it was gross, but it, it, it kind of carried that same feeling I have towards all like uh, ultra violence where I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is really beyond what I'm used to seeing in my normal right. life. But I just felt like it didn't look real. The disembodied limbs didn't look real. The amount of blood that was kind of like 
falling down the animal experts like body as he was being i was like why is he hanging so still and blood right. is it's like is he being is the bear like sucking the blood out of his leg or something like <laughs> why is he it just didn't seem realistic in any way um like the, also like the disembodied limbs that like fell onto the ground after which first of all like what was happening to him if his entire leg came off after that too? Because when he hit well, the ground, what happened to the hiker too? The, the the exact same part of yes. the exact same leg came off twice. Exactly, it, like there's two kills in a row where the same leg comes off. It was a it was a strange. Like, why not choose a different body part? Well, it's, it's just like f- an arm or 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 like you know, a foot or something. I don't know. It's weird to like have the exact same part of the exact of the leg, like from the knee down, show up twice as like a. Uh, as like a shocking reveal that the person is being torn apart. It had the exact feeling that you get from a video game where it has scripted deaths where like yes. when somebody dies and it looks really real for one die- death, but then you kill three guys at the same time and they all in sequence do the same death animation. And you're like, okay, <laughs> that's not, that doesn't look real now. And that's how it felt watching this movie. The way that people died, the way they looked like even the guy who got his face shot through uh, yes. when he opened the door. First of all, it just didn't line up to me that she was able to shoot him in that situation it's like why it it didn't make any sense it seemed totally random and also his wound looked fake it didn't look like like if you're gonna let us stare at it it really needs to be unimpeachable and looking at it i was less horrified and i was more curious and confused because it didn't look like any head wound that i would have imagined and maybe that's what head wounds look like but uh, i just feel like they're not represented that way in other popular culture (laughs) it it seemed again like i was watching a a video game that just was from the you know playstation 2 era and you just kind of have to uh you know squint and and tilt your head when there's real violence being shown on on screen because uh it just they felt cartoonish the way that uh things were just poorly done especially with the cgi i I yearn for more practical effects in my movies and this is a great example for that i mean uh use a real arm damn it (laughs) (laughs) a good cadaver or or yeah or you know have some sort of uh mocked up thing that you can toss around yeah exactly well it just makes me think of like um evil dead because there's a lot of dismemberment in the original evil dead and those body parts felt real to me and they were just like I don't know what material, but they're, they're props and having this, uh, CGI leg that like bounces around when it hits the forest floor (laughs) just felt so fake. And, and, and that really undercut what should have been the main appeal of this movie, which is this hyper violence. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, if you strip this away and you and you don't even include any character moments, right? You don't try to make this a movie. You just try to make this some sort of spectacle. Then the two things you have to do the well is the bear and the violence, right? You have to have creative deaths that look good, and you have to have a scary bear, you know, um, creature. So and I don't think this movie does a very good job with either of those things. I think it's passable if this movie was made ten years ago. Um, and straight to video, right? But it's it's yeah. um, Sharknado like type. Beat. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, this movie is clo- the closest movie this has is to Sharknado. I mean, that's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, but, but honestly, I, I don't I don't know. I I don't know what I expected. I guess from a movie like this, this is why I feel stupid. I feel cheated. I feel confused. And listen, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about a woman director. The, the truth is, we don't have enough of them. There should be way more. 
They should be given the chance to make huge Marvel blockbusters, crazy action thrillers, suspenseful dramas, high-budget sci-fi epics, and weird, silly movies like this one. The genre of film will never reach its full potential until we have women producing cinematic universes and Nolan-esque cultural landmarks. But come on, Liz, you gotta do better than this. I hate the jump scares, the obvious horror movie blocking, the ever-present omniscient monster. These are tropes we left behind decades ago. Why are they still here? Why are they even in a movie in 2023? Gosh, when that bear was in the forest chasing the mom, right? And like the mom is looking around the tree like, Ooh, where's, <laughs> I mean, that's right, straight out of Harry Potter 3, you know, like, like Hermione's about to back into uh, Werewolf Lupin. Uh, you know, this is like, <laughs> this is the kind of trope like that fools like, you know, 10 year olds. Like, this is nothing anymore. Yeah. And, the, and, the, like, like being on the roof. And having oh the gosh. sound of the bear, like, do-do-do, And they're, like, looking was, at the ceiling. I was, ceiling. like, covering my mouth trying not to laugh and, at that and, part. Well, <laughs> and then the worst thing is the actual jump scare is the guy backing up to the door and the bear reaching its arm through the window and, like, grabbing him by the neck. You're a bear, not, yes. like, a, a human. <laughs> you know, you don't have to grab him by the neck. How do you know he's neck. there? Why would you do that, right? Like, <laughs> considering that the bear couldn't, like, basically walk through walls or, like, go through windows or anything, like, it's so strange to, like, have that beyond just, like, oh, you didn't expect that, did you? Except that you did. Like, you're using the same <laughs> language that we're all familiar with from years and years ago. And so, like, your jump scares are perfectly telegraphed, right? But they're still just jump scares. Like, you, do, it's, like it's bizarre to me. I, I just don't understand, like, how you can watch, how you can make movies in this era and not know the language of film from previous, like not that, you know, previous eras. Like this is, this is why people were calling for the end of horror uh, was because of shit like this. <laughs> this is the question I keep returning to, right? Is like cocaine bear is the type of hyper high concept movie we have occasionally seen um, throughout time, but uh, snakes in a plane, Sharknado, 1998's Godzilla, basically any Roland Emmerich movie. They have a ridiculous premise, typically no-name actors in your lead roles, consist of a series of contrivances that nevertheless lead to unique set pieces. And these movies are usually terrible and they fall apart easily, but usually there's something fun or something to grasp onto, a moment too ridiculous to take seriously. And from this standpoint, I think Cocaine Bear is nothing special. It's a silly movie to make fun of with your friends, it's something to watch and forget. It's junk food. And maybe I've thought about this too much, but this is where I'm landing. In 2023, Junk food cannot be made in a vacuum. You cannot make a movie like this without anticipating this type of consumption. It's a movie made for the living room, or better, for MSTK3 or um, Red Letter Media to poke fun at and for you to watch on your phone while you're sitting on the toilet. <laughs> it lacks the authenticity of a poorly constructed movie. It's, a poorly construct it's poorly constructed on purpose for people to deconstruct later. It's cheap furniture that's made to be destroyed. It's one of those prop bottles that you can break over your friend's head. There is nothing <laughs> redeemable about a movie that never tries and I feel stupid forever hoping that it would. Dang. That is what a devastating <laughs> blow to cocaine bears prospects as being like taken seriously in any capacity. Um, but I, I have to agree with you. I mean, I think that's very well put. Um, it's interesting to think about uh, the authenticity that a truly bad movie had before we had an industry for analyzing bad movies um i i doubt elizabeth banks would admit to making this movie badly on purpose but it it you, you're making a lot of sense um and i'm i'm kind of frustrated 
that I went and saw this movie on release day. I was on my way into the theater. I was thinking about how I haven't seen the latest Ant-Man. And ah. uh, and I've even heard mixed reviews. And people are saying, you know, eh, that Marvel may be back on their bullshit. And to be clear, I still haven't seen it. So I have no idea if anybody is speaking the truth. Other people have said it's bad, too. That's not what this is about. They're saying that the uh, box office is, sh- is shrinking as if it's going into the quantum realm. <laughs> <laughs> but this is not I, I, I don't want to uh, talk about Ant-Man specifically I just want to talk about the fact that I'm not seeing every single Marvel movie which frees me up to go see other movies and yep. on principle I support these one-off movies because they're existing in the era of the non-stop sequels so uh, it's great to see a, a movie being created that isn't reliant on endless sequels so, but that being said, that sucks that I chose this movie to see. <laughs> this movie is stupid, and, and like, so it's a slasher, right? And the point is to watch a bunch of people die in gruesome ways. Uh, but this movie also tries to be more than that, uh, and it's interesting. I, I, I'm interested to, the, with the fact that you haven't brought this up yet. But to me, there was a very clear parenting theme that's present mm-hmm. between multiple characters but it's so weakly conveyed that i wish it wasn't there at all right like we've got sid is eddie's dad i think and then yes. eddie has a son and he's like de- like the- there so there's the kind of familial connection there and then we've got Dee Dee and her mom sorry uh so it's like and then the mo- like bear is a mom as well so we've got these through lines of like who everybody is parents right but these all these characters are paper thin most of the things that we know about them are just facts that don't contribute to a larger narrative like for instance eddie's wife just died of cancer so he's depressed okay great thanks for that fact uh, i'm glad he okay, stopped well, acting well, depressed pretty much right away <laughs> What's crazy, what I hate about this is that when we first meet Eddie, he's crying in the bar, right? And I'm like, is he upset that that hiker died? Like, is that his sister or something? (laughs) I was so confused about who the person was that was supposed to be dead. And then, like, they showed him, like, like, he had, like, a tattoo done, but, like, they misspelled her name, um, which is, like, I don't know. I I, I guess it's funny. I don't really know what exactly the joke there is. I guess beside like, aha, this guy who's mourning his wife is like uh, (laughs) is is having a bad time, you know, like, uh, I don't know. And and then, yeah, I I was I took me a longer than I like am willing to admit to realize like that Eddie's wife wasn't some other character we had met in this movie (laughs) because I was like, there's no way. They're they're introducing yet a, a completely different family at this at this point in the movie. Is there right? So. It, it like well, the tattoo is an interesting thing to kind of it's like it's like a microcosm of this uh, movie because the it's a misspelled. It was supposed to say Joan, but it says John, and it, like. It, it reminds me of that tattoo, the no regrets tattoo, which is yes. a hilarious tattoo, right? Uh, like it, it, it kind of is self, uh, perpetuating where it's, like, yes. <laughs> I have no regrets. Even the fact that I, my tattoo is spelled wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this movie misses the, the mark on that. And they just go with, ha ha tattoo spelled wrong. Right. And there's no joke beyond that, which just makes it completely pointless. Like it, it, it doesn't come back really either. I know they talk about it's like John for only one more week or something, but that doesn't seem to actually uh, come to fruition in any meaningful way, um, no. right? So we know Eddie's wife just died and he's depressed, and then he stops acting depressed pretty much right away. Great. Uh, Reba is Bob's police friend, but surprise, she's on Sid's payroll. Got it. Glad that doesn't matter at all. I know, <laughs> right? 
she's like, she shows up and she's like, I'm not going to help you, Bob. And it's like, okay, so I guess Bob's just going <laughs> to die on top of the gazebo. I, I, like, she, it's not like she pulls the trigger. It's not like she does anything meaningful beyond just being like, well, you know, if I tried to save you, I'd probably end up getting killed by these drug guys anyway. So, like, the, the her her flipping at this moment is completely um, inconsequential. She's still going to take care of the dog, which she ends up giving it to somebody else. Yeah, and it's like, who cares? Like that, That's another example of, like, I just honestly feel like this movie does not understand comedy because they're like, look at this dog. This dog looks ridiculous. That's funny, isn't it? And then it's like, now the dog is in this box. <laughs> there, hey, did that dog do cocaine? No, but wouldn't that be funny? You know, it's like, that's, this is not actually it's like so lame to be the comedy police but nobody is laughing at this okay uh nobody who's not also doing cocaine um so like but that's the thing right it's like uh this movie would have been much better if it focused on the bear and its undying quest to get cocaine the bear loves cocaine no that's comedy okay (laughs) andrew c thornton clearly created a path while he was throwing one bag at a time out of the plane we could have followed this bear as it went from bag to bag to find its next fix and each bag could have been a completely independent almost like an anthology of people encountering the bags of cocaine having their own little barely a backstory whatever and then we could have watched the bear kill them and move on to the next thing and i like what you said earlier about maybe having this theme about like respect for nature and that ends up being kind of the the uh, the reason why certain characters die and certain other ones don't like and you don't have to hear from them after that we could just move on and the movie could end somehow with the bear being the point not like some human who's the big bad who we have to uh see be undone and and then we can feel justified for having hated him the entire time well like in every other slasher movie right it's like you establish the problem right you you, you come up you establish your characters then you establish the problem you're like oh there's a guy out there killing us. Now, the next step is obviously, how do we stop this? You know, And that's always the fun part. That's what makes the characters fun and relatable is when they attempt to solve their problem and yet the problem is bigger than they first anticipated. It makes you feel connected. It makes you feel like they're, they're smart. It makes you feel like they're, um, you know, you're, you're in the movie um, acting in your own best interest. Instead, you just get a lot of like kind of running around confused and like a lot of just mixed like like uh, uh motivations it doesn't seem like anybody seems to care about the bear or doing the bear harm or anything like that i like your kind of anthology idea i like the idea that like maybe someone from the first attack survives and travels forward following the bear eventually gets in front of the bear and starts warning people and they set up some sort of trap to stop the bear and then the bear rips through it anyway right yeah, yeah. it's like it's like a you know, it's like, oh, how are we going to solve this problem of the cocaine bear, right? And as the bear progresses, it gets scarier and scarier as it solves more, it just solves more and more problems by doing more cocaine. You gave right? like the cocaine bear a gun, you know? Like, <laughs> right. Oh, no. Like, and, and, like, and there's like, no, don't let the bear near the cocaine. That's his superpower. Like, it gets to the cocaine right. and suddenly it becomes even scarier than before, right? Like, that, that's like, I don't know. There's something fun about that. There's something cool about that. The fact that the bear, that nobody played music and the bear didn't start dancing to music you know like there's so much funny stuff that's 
the the lowest hanging fruit <laughs> and we didn't get any of that it felt like such a waste to not yes. let the uh the bear be the star it, it, instead we we wasted our time with all these terrible side characters who got way too much screen time like, like set aside the feeling that the bear doesn't look all that great the bear should still be the main focus here and i i wish that that was the case instead of some trying to Put together this contrived story of like families and parents and 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 defeating the 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 ultimate bad parent. The moral grandstanding against yeah. Ray Liotta's character during the climax of this movie rings extremely hollow. Okay, <laughs> none of us had any mixed feelings about him being a bad person at any point in this movie. He's literally <laughs> a drug dealer who kills people. Okay, the fact that he's a bad father is also bad sure but it doesn't really complicate our view of him as just a bad guy like the, the part where the characters are like you're a bad person and drugs are bad like the henry is is like talking to him it's like okay cringe we didn't need to hear any of our characters point that out it is self-evident that this guy's an asshole not to mention that our character what the hell happened to that cave when the like cop who was on his payroll is like, this is too fucked up for me. I'm leaving. So she like, <laughs> walks away and he's like about to shoot her. And then ice T is like, you're going to have to shoot me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> yes, I know. She's like, and he's like, I'm just going to shoot her in the back. It, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It, yeah. It's like, Oh, he's a bad guy. It's like, yeah, I mean, we knew that. We, we we this is really the time to establish this, right? <laughs> yeah. Where is like what about the trek through the woods like following uh, bags of cocaine, right? Like uh yeah. that could have been uh part of it. And yeah, I said ice tea, I meant ice cube. But yeah, and also there's no way he says that unless he finds every like single bit of that cocaine and, and is able to pay back the Colombians, then he's screwed anyways. So that's why you have to help me cuz you're going to kill me and my family, Eddie. Uh you know, and it's like is there any Part of that where he's like, you know what it's like to lose family. Like you can't let you can't make me go through that too, you know, or something like that. Where it's like gives us some like tiny crumb for having paid attention to the fact that his wife died at the beginning of the movie. No, he's just like, <laughs> I already know I can't find all the cocaine, but I'm gonna go on this wild goose chase anyway and just be like cartoonishly one track minded so we can get to the quote climax where I like you die trying to get this cocaine bag away. Where my from intestines bear. are eaten by baby bears. Right again, which again maybe would have been a fun ending if we had. Gotten gotten a lot of other gruesome stuff because i i would even settle for some of the stuff that we saw in this movie that made me uncomfortable mixed with other horrific events where i'm like okay that was badass because then you kind of get me to agree with it and then you force me to see what i'm agreeing with and then i feel two ways about it that's a compli- sure. like, it's like a complicated feeling that you can uh bring out in me but instead i can easily hand wave uh away everything in this movie by saying it's all gross and un- unnecessary because you never got me to buy in you never made yes. anything badass enough for me to say okay now this is cocaine bear so my bottom line this movie is bad and it's not even the kind of bad that's interesting to watch it's just bad and um i hope i like again i always will say uh, you should make your own opinions on movies but if you're not going to do that in this case uh you know, we'll go watch something else. It's bad. <laughs> you just, it's not even fun. And it also, this movie rivals the randomness of Ray Liotta in Flock of Dudes as far as like <laughs> random ass movies that legendary actor Ray Liotta is just in. 
and they both suck. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, okay, so in the movie, they say this. If it's brown, lie down. If it's black, fight back. And I went on gobackpacking.com to see what they say about uh, what to do when you see a bear. But uh, so they say many bear experts have urged hikers not to follow this blindly. So it's not 100% true, which is really weird because I feel like things that rhyme are 100% true. So this this really uh, had my head spinning when i was reading the article uh so they they have their like six ways to be safe around bears number one is keep food safely packed away and this also includes like anything that is strong smelling you know just don't give the bears a reason to come see you uh number two is keep your distance but don't run uh like dogs uh you know you you may have encountered dogs in your life where if you run away from it they'll like run after you and like bite at your heels or whatever uh bears are like that too so if you encounter a bear keep your distance don't run walk sideways away like keep looking at the bear uh, as you let, make distance away from it, because it'll chase you if you run away. Um, speak loud and low. You know, tell the uh, the high pitched people in your party to shut up <laughs> and <laughs> that speak uh, loud and low. And and then also number four, wave your arms slowly because humans are not prey for bears. This is not right. something they're used to. They're used to their prey being small, moving quickly, and making high-pitched noises. Chirps, whatever, screeching. The, you want to do the opposite of that because the bear is not interested in hunting something that its instincts aren't telling it are prey, right? And only in extreme hunger would a bear even consider a human to be a viable meal choice. It's not. It's going to easily be able to turn away uh, a human if it's, you know, in normal circumstances number five which if this was a like top six ways to protect yourself from bears list it would say number five will be like the best reason because it's the (laughs) it's the best one which is use bear spray and this is mentioned all over the place it's basically like the number one way to make sure that a bear does not like fuck with you is to use bear spray it's just bear repellent and apparently it's very effective and will get the bear to get away from you uh you know no matter what the circumstance you know what it is is like pepper spray I don't know, actually, and I didn't actually see, I didn't even watch uh, like a tutorial on how to use bear spray, but it seems like it's very effective and the top experts agree uh, that it's a good way is you should have it if you're in bear territory and you don't want to get eaten by a bear. Um, And then number six, which if you look back at the original thing, if it's brown, lie down, if it's black, fight back, uh, a lot of people seem to skip to number six if that's what they're thinking, because number six is lay on your belly and cover your neck. So this is Mm. if the bear is like upon you and you're going to need to try your best to survive a thrashing. Uh, You lay on your belly and cover your neck because your back is a lot less vulnerable than your front and uh, your neck is the most vulnerable part of your backside. So uh, but there's that they also admit that if you're at this point, it's looking pretty bad. Uh, Mm. So you should have done more in steps one through five. So um, the, another missed opportunity for this movie to be like, here's how you really should avoid a bear. Like it would be interesting for them to have done things that are like, this actually works on bears, but only the cocaine bear gets through it. Uh, but instead it's really kind of a misleading afterthought. Well, I, I like that. Um, I mean, I thought this was going to be, I thought this was going to play a bigger role in the story. I like that they would, they knew they were supposed to run, but they ran anyway. And then the bear chased them. You know, it's like, oh, okay, like maybe we'll have some sort of like 
maybe this is really like a like a hour and a half PSA about how to survive bear attacks, right? Or encounters with bears, which would have been nice, actually. I, w- I would have come away with this with something tangible, but instead... I'm, I'm relying on you and your uh, internet research. That's right. Um, hopefully, hopefully these aren't written by bears. I hope that bear spray isn't just like bear seasoning. You You're like, gave- please use bear spray. <laughs> you spray it on yourself. <laughs> spray it on yourself. Well, we hate the taste of that. You gave the cocaine bear internet access? <laughs> <laughs> it's over there writing like like, a, like YouTube comments. <laughs> you gave the cocaine bear $30 million to make a better movie? <laughs> <laughs> cocaine bear goes to hollywood cocaine bear becomes is like is sitting in the boardroom with all the other like like all the other people doing cocaine at the same time writing movies cocaine bear yeah like just joins society and becomes the right. best at doing cocaine yeah that's right because it's like what the most uh the, the best virtue you can have as a screenwriter is just how much cocaine you do <laughs> <laughs> the bear's superior mass means the co- like more it can consume more cocaine and therefore writes better scripts <laughs> at a higher rate. <laughs> See, there's so many ways to make this a better movie. It's so appalling that they missed out on it. <laughs> okay. Um all right, I think that gets us through our overall section. We'll move on to our cool easter eggs now and I want to begin by uh going over a summary of some of the research I did on what really happened in the cocaine bear incident. And uh, so this is kind of uh, pasted together from uh, a couple internet articles and also Wikipedia. Most of it agrees with itself, but there's some parts of it that are, uh, well, we'll we'll just get into it. So on a September 11th, uh, 1985, former American narcotics officer and Kentucky based drug dealer, our drug smuggler, Andrew C. Thornton II, dropped a load of 40 plastic containers of cocaine out of a plane above Knoxville, Tennessee, before abandoning the plane. Thornton's parachute malfunctioned, and he died. Three months later, the Georgia Bureau investigation found a black bear that had eaten the cocaine from the containers. It had, a, it had 75 pounds of cocaine, which was about $2 million worth of cocaine. So both wow. of those numbers... The amount, the pounds of cocaine, and the amount that the cocaine was worth, I've seen disputed like wildly. Yes, uh, like a bit, like completely different numbers. Like I saw no, numbers as high as like forty million. You know, so it's it's not. I, I don't know what's real there, but a bear ate a lot of cocaine, and it was worth a lot of money. That's I think true, no matter what source you look at. Uh, so it and it apparently died like immediately so it didn't go on any sort of rampage or and nobody even saw what happened to it after it ate the cocaine the bear was taxidermied and given to the chattahoochee river national recreation area and then the bear got lost for a while and like was go like hopping between pawn shops but eventually made its way to the kentucky for kentucky fun mall in lexington kentucky where it remains to this day and with the exceptions of Thornton and the bear, no casualties have ever been reported from the cocaine bear incident. The bear is also nicknamed Pablo Escobar. Yeah, pretty funny. I like that a lot. That's, yeah, that's um, very clever. Yeah, so a couple of things I want to note about Andrew Thornton II. So he was a police officer that started smuggling drugs. And in 1981, he was accused of, of conspiring to smuggle a thousand pounds of marijuana into the U.S., which is pretty significant. Um, at the time of his death, Thornton was wearing a bulletproof vest and Gucci loafers. 
and in possession of night vision goggles, a green army uh, duffel bag containing approximately 35 kilograms, 75 pounds of cocaine valued at $15 million. Again, no idea how much cocaine is worth or how much was, was around. Um, he had $4,500 in cash um, and a six, six one-ounce gold cougrants, um, uh, knives, and two pistols. The guy was fully loaded. And actually, um, according to some reports I saw, the reason why he didn't land safely is because he was overburdened. Um, he, had, he was carrying too much, um, probably too much cocaine. I mean, he was carrying 75 pounds. And that's why the parachute malfunctioned, which is like... The kind of the perfect uh, example of hubris, you know, like if you're going to tell a story about somebody like doing too much cocaine or like believing cocaine to like, you know, get him out of trouble or like thinking that he, he like, you know, playing with forces doesn't understand. Right. Parachuting with too much holding too much cocaine is such a better like story than like, oh, he was dancing around and hit his head on the, on the way out. You know, so it's uh, I don't know. I think it's, I feel like that's a missed opportunity to b- bring in some of the real life uh, story here. Um, yeah. Anyway, Andrew Thornton the second's death uh, also served as the inspiration for the story arc of season four of FX's Justified. Um, the beginning of episode one features a flashback to 1983 in which a man falls to his death, parachute still attached, with bricks of cocaine scattered around his body. The bag that, uh, that carried the cocaine becomes the focus of a mystery roughly 30 years later. Um, yeah. Uh, I also really like that you can actually see the stuffed uh, cocaine bear. Um, there actually is a blog post from the Kentucky Mall that this is at, uh, talking about the history of this, like how they tracked it down. Um, it was actually in the possession of uh, country singer Waylon Jennings for a, a significant amount of time. He's the one who got it from the pawn shop after it w- resurfaced. Although they, they believe it was stolen, um, uh, like uh, from the like uh, wherever it was, the forest or what's called the national recreation area yeah from the national recreation area so (laughs) the um the the cocaine bear uh they did a bunch of research about it and then uh, you can see a picture of it they posted on instagram um, not too long ago where it's wearing a santa hat but there's a a sign around its neck that says this uh cocaine bear aka pablo escobar here sits cocaine bear in 1985 cocaine bear was found dead in the chattahoogie chattahoochee Chattahoochee um, National Forest. He overdosed on 40 kilos of cocaine dropped by Andrew Thornton. You might remember Andrew from the Bluegrass Conspiracy. And then underneath it says, don't do drugs or you'll end up dead and maybe stuffed like poor cocaine bear. Which is a good <laughs> message. You know, yes. I'll take that. I'll take that in, in uh, lieu of any sort of message from the movie uh, that <laughs> is about this bear. This movie is really leaning on the idea that you'll do some research after and, and find out the story, the lesson behind Cocaine Bear. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but honestly, I'm disappointed that so much of this movie is fake. I was hoping, because I, what I said to myself when I was leaving the theater is, if the Cocaine Bear killed a drug dealer who was actually after the cocaine, then this movie is automatically badass. And uh, <laughs> it was not even close to that. Uh, like it, like the, the fact that it's so much creative liberty and did such a bad job with that uh, blows my mind. I don't really mind it since the story... I mean, the story itself is a little interesting because of Andrew Thornton, the second. Uh, the fact that he was a police officer and then he like basically turned uh, right um, and started smuggling drugs and then um, was in a way hoisted by his own petard, right? He uh, jumped out of a plane with too much cocaine um, and then fell to his death. Um, oh my gosh. This, a song like that. Yeah, this definitely <laughs> sounds like a, like a, a nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> 
Any, but um, I think that's kind of interesting, right? But like the fact that the bear just ate the cocaine and died is sort of an anticlimactic end to the story beyond just like, oh, we shouldn't feed drugs to bears. But like, <laughs> so I was fine with the bear, like some imagined rampage by the bear, right? But I was hoping for something a little bit more pointed, something a little bit more focused, something that had um some sort of drug message or just a message about maybe nature or about um you know humans uh inability to control every situation despite the uh like the constant reminder that we might be in control of everything right all of that would be um um preferable to this kind of random nonsense uh that is uh this movie yeah yeah i i have one more Easter egg, and then we can we can close this out. Uh, I did a little bit of behind the scenes, like watching. I watched like a clip on IMDb.com about the how they actually had a bear performer. So it was a guy in like a uh, like on stilts, kind of similar to if you've ever seen like gorilla stilts, mm. uh, the way that they like kind of extend beyond the hands and the arms, and then allow them to walk on all fours. And then it was also wearing a snout. Honestly, kind of gave me Jar Jar Binks vibes, the way that his head like <laughs> extended beyond his head. <laughs> um, it was cool, but, you know, pales in comparison to some of our favorites, uh, you know, CGI acted characters like Gollum or, uh, you know, even even Jar Jar. <laughs> even Jar Jar, it's true. It is funny what that, like what is like uh, chosen to be like a focal point, right? They don't want him just to be like a guy in a green suit. So they give him a snout uh, <laughs> to like, that's the only part of the bear. They don't even give him like bear ears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of our conversation on cocaine bear. As we do at the end of every episode of Apple chat, we'll now deliver our ratings. Joey, what rating do you want to give to cocaine bear? I want to give this movie stuffed and put in a mall. Nice. <laughs> I give this movie an adrenaline shot to revive you if you overdose on this movie. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do cocaine, bear. Aha! Aha! Very good. Okay, Joey. Uh, there we go. We survived the cocaine bear episode. Uh, what's next? Felt like I've been ravaged. Yeah. It feels like I've been torn apart. I've been scarred. Feels like I've been. It feels like I have a giant headache from doing too much cocaine. It sounds like I, it feels like I have a giant slash on my ass. Uh, <laughs> so next, next we are doing uh, Starship Troopers. Yes, I've never seen this. I've never seen Starship Troopers. This is crossing one off my list of like, oh, uh, you haven't seen that movie? What? So uh, prepare yourself for me to for to no longer be able to say that to me. Uh, uh-huh. After we do our episode on find a different movie. Troopers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Affablechat.com is your new favorite website on the internet. There you can find the latest from us and all our social accounts, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and even our email address, affablechat at gmail.com. If you like this episode, then tell a bear about it. All you have to say is, have you considered listening to Affable Chat? Have you considered snorting Apple Chat? Uh, Apple Chat is live on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Affable Chat. This week, we're going to be streaming live from the woods where we'll be giving various animals various amounts of cocaine and <laughs> streaming it. Let's see, let's see what that, kind of effect that has. Yeah, let's see if that breaks Twitch TOS. <laughs> uh, all right, that is going to do it for this episode for Apple Chat. I'm Benjamin. 
And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.